Hello. Congratulations. You are caller 50. Oh, okay. Great. What do I win? Uh, a print copy of Encyclopedia Britannica. From what year? <laughs> well, uh, 2010 was the last year they made it. So let's give you the 2010. You can learn all about oh, the world as it was sweet. in 2010. <laughs> well, we've got a special episode in store for you all since this is fun fact number 50. Number 50! Number 50. We've been doing this show for 50 years. 50 years we started <laughs> in 1970, what, 19, 1961. 71, I think, if I'm doing math. We I'm started math. in 1971, <laughs> and we are now finally, um, no, we're 50 episodes in, I thought it would be fun to go back and tie up some loose ends, check in on some facts from from the past, from the archive, and see where are those facts now. Where, where and, are uh, they now? Where are they? Where are the facts? What are they up to? Did they get the job? Secret life of facts. <laughs> the secret life of facts. Uh, and we're going to do some follow up fun facts. Yeah. So the first one goes back to episode 14. So we had this episode titled 40 Cans of Fake Pea Mayo, uh, which if you <laughs> didn't hear the episode and you're curious why that is, you can listen to the show to find out why we were talking about pea mayo. Um, it's such but a good Ted, name. That was a good, I mean, it was, it was on topic. It wasn't just like a non sequitur. Um, back in, in 2019, we were talking about the Impossible Burger um, and some of its ingredients, in particular, the genetically modified soy lehemoglobin um, that, uh, that makes up the tasty, supposedly impossibly good flavor of this, this Impossible Burger. And we decided back then in 2019 that next time we met up that we would, we would eat one together. And then we tried to do that. Sad trombone sound. Sad trombone. They were sold out. We yeah, because we did. We met. We met up. Yeah, we had burgers together, but they weren't impossible burgers because they were sold. Because there was out a nationwide shortage in 2019. And the reason for that, do do you remember why there was a nationwide shortage? Because they were just so t- tasty. No, because know. they had just signed a deal with Burger King. Oh yeah, right. And they were diverting all the supply. That's to right. Burger King. So now right. all these years later, so that was, it's that like was if you 20- can't beat them, join them. Yeah, so then, so that was 2019, and 2020 was 2020. Now it's 2021. We still haven't seen each other in person, <laughs> but we're like, we need to get on this thing because we both we haven't tried these Impossible Burgers. We've been curious about them for like two years. Yeah, we both have remained completely strong on this, and at the despite the urging of at least one person in my life, my wife. Yeah, mine too. She's like, you should get the Impossible Burger. I'm yeah, like, I can't I'm betray like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. So right. Yeah. So we're gonna kick this episode off by trying an Impossible Burger, and of course. Going straight to the source, the the Burger King uh, that was our nemesis back two years ago, uh, and uh, and tried these Impossible Whoppers, which we both have available because people love to hear obnoxious chewing sounds on a podcast. That's, yeah, I've been told that that's what people content. love is the sound of others chewing. Yeah, and yeah. it's also like particularly good to like rate uh like to to try something and, and try to judge it especially fast food like a while after it was made <laughs> that's what they said it needs to sort of ripen it a gets little. better like a stew yeah it's like a stew or yeah. like a like a red wine yeah yeah there you go yeah, yeah. yeah. so i so i'm ready i'm ready, ready too i'm holding my burger oh okay all right should we, we got. should we do it hmm it's actually pretty good <laughs> especially considering mine is like 20 minutes older than yours which in fast food is like a year or two. Yeah, we had some trouble coordination-wise. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, 
I, I should start this by saying I have a very low bar for Burger King to begin with. Mm, mm-hmm. Not even just fast food, but Burger King specifically, I feel like is very low tier fast food. Um, the one exception to that was when I was living in Scotland and I was vegan and Burger King had two different vegan burgers, both of which were del- were delicious. Is that true again now? Like they have their old school one and now they have... I don't know. This was 2003 or 2002. And like, I feel like they were only available there. They didn't have them in the US. But yeah, I, that's not bad. I mean, it's it's not... I mean, you know, it's no worse than a regular one. I feel like if you gave me this and like if I ordered a Whopper and you gave me this, I don't have them very often. But I think if they gave me this, I wouldn't notice. Yeah. And so if I can... And if that's... Maybe that's just because I haven't had them recently. Uh, that I'm not like quite sharp on my perception, or maybe because it's 20 minutes older than it should be. But <laughs> to me, if I can get this, and then like there doesn't need to be any, you know, not to be like high horse about it, but there doesn't need to be any like animal <laughs> slaughtered or raised in whatever who knows what conditions Burger King holds their their farms to, and then you can get this, you know, effectively the same result or to me, and a relatively indistinguishable result, then that's a, that's a pretty good accomplishment. I think yeah. it's worth the, the science that needed to happen. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm a convert to the idea of an impossible burger anywhere that doesn't have particularly good burgers. Mm-hmm. Like a Burger King-type situation on a road trip, for sure. But also, like, sort of that mid-tier, you know? Yeah, so, so you said, like, Burger King is the bottom tier. Would you rate Burger King as, like, the last resort burger place, or do you have even lower? Hmm. I'm trying to think of some place I would rather go to Burger King than, <laughs> and I'm not coming up with any. I mean, I actually have a soft spot for fast food in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and I, but I would say like, for sure, Taco Bell, Jack in the Box, Carl's Jr., um, Wendy's. I would go to all of those before Burger King. I would go to McDonald's before Burger King. So what does that leave? Am I forgetting? Does anywhere? that make us good <laughs> reviewers of this? <laughs> well, no, because I think this is pretty pretty good. I think this is better than a beef Burger King burger. Oh, okay. Well, that's even better. Whereas I'm like saying like I think it's comparable. I'm not sure if I can pick out that it's better partially because, I, like I say, I only have them in like one year or something like that. But I think that... Uh, yeah, they, they've uh, they've accomplished something here, and I'm not I'm less surprised now. When I was looking, I saw I ended up getting this actually from the restaurant, but I saw on the the ordering app um, that it, the Impossible Whopper was like considered to be a popular order, hmm. like it was one of the most common orders. Huh. And this is oh, like that's a couple cool. years. It's not from novelty because it's been around for a couple of years now. No, yeah, but that's really cool. I think so. My issue with the re- the re- not the to become a fast food uh, for recommendation or tasting podcast, my my issue with the uh, the the non impossible the possible burger at Burger King the possible Whopper yeah the possible Whopper it. my issue with the possible Whopper at Burger King is that it they they have this uh, or at least they had I actually haven't been to Burger King in a pretty long time either they had this uh, this selling point of being frame flame broiled like ah oh, it's it's flame broiled and I feel like that's like a like a you know it's toasted. Lucky's cigarettes kind of thing, <laughs> except that I think it's worse than that because uh, it's it's actually I think it's gross. <laughs> I think whatever they put, whatever flavor that imparts on their burger, I just find really unappealing, which is why I don't like Burger King. So they did not seem to transfer that 
that flame broiledness to this Impossible Burger. So this is just perfectly tasty. I, I'm on board with you. I think if, if there's an Impossible Burger on the menu and I'm not at like a, you know, a, a we butcher our own meat kind of like we are, you know, some sort of special, special, because I do like a good burger. I was vegetarian vegan for 20 years, but I'm not anymore. And I don't eat burgers very often, but I like a good one. But if I if I'm just getting a burger to get a burger, I, a possible burger is my new burger. I think. All right. So are we going to give this a, a rating? Hmm. Like a score? Is that do we do that? Do we, is that a thing? Or I guess we need to turn it into a fun fun fact. The Impossible Burger is rated an eight. <laughs> fun fact: we can we can steal our friends at All Consuming's world famous rating system if we want to. Yeah. So that that would make it like an eight point one out of a hundred. That's you're giving it an eight point one out of a hundred. Yeah, that's a that's a good score. I would yeah. say, uh, fun fact, I really like this Whopper, and I think it's it's some of the best fast food I've had in a while. Certainly from Burger King, I will give it. You give it an eight point one, huh? Hmm. I'm gonna give it an, an eight point seven oh, out, wow. of, out of a hundred for for exceeding expectations. And like anyone who hasn't listened to all consuming is like, what is happening? <laughs> That's good. 8.7 out of 100 is good. Yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenal score. Cool. Well, I say we finish these burgers and then try to get as much chewing sound as we can, and then we can just sprinkle that in through yeah, the we, episode. We really want to build in chewing sound for later. We can just bring it back as like a callback theme, right? Yeah, just periodically so people know there's continuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, we'll I, edit be, this part out. I'll be honest with you. I also bought – so I have my fries here. I don't know if you got fries. I also got – in addition to my regular fries, which came with my meal, I got chicken fries – Oh, because I'm just really curious about that. And a Dr. Pepper that the chicken fries has nothing to. You're going to drink a Dr. Pepper at this time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's your you make your own choices, man. No, I'm going to drink like two or three sips of Dr. Pepper at this time. Okay, okay. No, I. uh, It was a meal, you know. I get that they try to get you with the meal. They got me. I try to order like, can I get a a burger and then just like a small root beer. And they're like, oh, a meal. And like nine tenths out of the ten, I can convince him to literally just give me the burger and small root beer. But sometimes they're like, well, you just have to get the meal. It's cheaper. And then like that's rarely true. And then they end up making the medium (laughs) and they're foisting all this stuff on you. But you have to really like twist their arm. I think they got like an incentive program or something on those meals. No, the best part, the best part is that they say, oh, it's cheaper. And then eventually you say, okay, fine, give me the meal. And they and then they go, would you like to supersize that? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what are we doing here? (laughs) I used to go to to Dairy Queen fairly often and get like the smallest milkshake allowed by law, like just like a kid. I don't, I don't think they call it kids. They called it snack or maybe what they did call it kid size. But I would order it, and there was always the same woman there. I would do it maybe like once a month, um, and it was always the same woman that would be checking me out. And every time I would say, "Oh, can I get like a kid size milkshake?" and then she would look at me like I was an idiot, and then she would point to the cups, which are, like, boldly displayed up at the front. She's like, oh, well, th- this is a kid's size. So, like, as if, like, <laughs> obviously you don't want that small amount. <laughs> like, maybe she was the owner, and, like, that's why she was, like, stop trying to, to like, cheat me out on the on the milkshakes. But you don't need that much ice cream. I had a very long-running fight or, let's say, disagreement with my mother. Uh, I mentioned mm. that I was, you know, vegetarian for, like, 20 years. And uh, and mm-hmm. as a kid, as a sort of a teenager, I would really enjoy going to certain restaurants and and getting there weren't a lot of vegetarian options in those days. So mm-hmm. I would go to McDonald's 
and I would order like a like a like a cheeseburger with no burger. Ah, uh, yeah, that throws. Well, me. no, I, I, it didn't bother the people working at McDonald's. It bothered my mother, mm. who who was ah, like okay. truly upset at the you can't at the value. No, no, at the fact that she was paying for a cheeseburger, um. but I was only getting this thing and i tried to explain to her at the time like okay but if if i if you got me a cheeseburger i wouldn't eat it and i'm not gonna eat something it's not like i'm getting more food because of this or i'm gonna eat something else right so like this is just the thing i will eat from here and this is how much it costs like it's not it's not an intrinsic it's the cost is to feed me not not the cost of you know i don't care what their uh profit margin is right like that's not my problem; that's their problem. So, but she didn't. She didn't buy that argument. I would do that, and I would also go to Subway, and I would get. Um, this was back in the days when Subway had literally like one bread type, you know, one cheese type, like just the triangle cheese, you know. And my sandwich of choice at Subway was was bread, lettuce, cheese, and salt. Um, <laughs> and just you know, it, it it made me happy, but it made my mother very unhappy. So. That is definitely the kind of thing a kid would do. I mean, our our kids uh thomas is not quite at the age where he can express his food preferences he more just like eats it or he throws it um which we're trying to discourage but with ellie you get these very specific things and for that's why i know or i have experience ordering the the cheeseburger with no patty because that's what she wants not because she has any philosophical objection to eating the meat but she just doesn't like it for whatever reason and so we get the cheeseburger add lettuce tomato take off the patty also take off pickle and then at that point it's like we have running joke of like what will they what substitution will be incorrect she just really wants a cool grilled cheese yeah yeah it's what she wants i mean i think it's i think it's awesome that uh that in and out burger which i would also eat way before burger king i think that was obvious uh but they they have a grilled cheese and it, it literally is just that and i think they just charge you less for it which is cool yeah actually i'm not a hundred percent sure that mcdonald's doesn't have a grilled cheese i know they used to but i think they don't anymore Actually, I can confirm McDonald's went through just... a maximalist menu period, and now they're in a minimalist menu period, so probably they don't. Yeah, I mean, for, for fairly obvious reasons, uh, it says, look, it says that maybe you, you, they don't have it on the menu, but you can order a grilled cheese, and it's kind of what you would expect. It's just like, it's just a ham, it's just cheese and hamburger buns. I don't know if that will do it everywhere. Oh, but then people are complaining about it being discontinued. I mean, it's literally like they have the whole you can have it whatever way you want. I mean, I know that wasn't literally their thing, but like they'll give you what you want. Have it your yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I knew someone who I knew someone who, you know, teenagers do kind of annoying things to be annoying. I knew someone who ordered a shake at a Burger King or McDonald's, whichever one it was that had that that motto and asked them to hold the cup. <laughs> and they just gave it to him in a plastic bag. <laughs> uh that is the kind of thing as a teenager i would have just like died laughing about i don't know if i i wouldn't have actually been the one to order it but i would have been the idiot friend like egging them on or laughing about the fact that yeah i was definitely the idiot friend as well uh (laughs) i i think i also i remember someone also ordering like a like a, a whopper or something like that with 16 patties yeah just to see what they'll do yeah, well, the, what they'll do is they'll charge you for it. But like, <laughs> yeah, thanks for lots of money. Yeah. I like how you like you are eating the burgers with no patty for like twenty years, but then you're like, all right, I got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> the Whopper with sixteen patties, but no onions. Mm-mm. Oh man, 
Yeah. So apparently they they did um, the grilled cheese was less than five percent of all Happy Meals, so they discontinued it. They so they discontinued it, but they didn't really discontinue it because I guarantee you, if I went into McDonald's tomorrow and asked them for a burger with no burger, they would give me a grilled cheese sandwich. Well, they don't actually grill the cheese. Is the problem? They. Oh, you're saying it would just be. It would be cold chip, but they press the whole thing. I feel like it would still be grilled, but maybe not. McDonald's cheeseburger? Do they press it with the ones that, on the bun? I don't think. I think you get cold cheese. Well, now I'm questioning everything in my life. Maybe was I eating I cold know. cheese sandwiches all those years? I guess. Well, maybe. I guess maybe the bun's a little toasted. I feel like they put it Is all it? in like the thing and press it down, like a panini maker type vibe. But maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't think that. No, there's no there's no panini thing going on at McDonald's. They're not. No. That's not. <laughs> not in Canada. Maybe that's an American thing. No, no, no. Canada is... Panini I don't think Cana- I don't think Canadian McDonald's are less fancy than American McDonald's. I think McDonald's is pretty... Although, I will say, if you're ever in the Netherlands, McDonald's has a croquette, which is really good. Uh, you know, I mean, it, croquettes are already kind of like a fast foodie type thing anyway, but it's really nice. And every time we go to the Netherlands, we at least go to McDonald's once to get this croquette. Some people really don't like... <laughs> I'll start this again. Um, it is sometimes controversial with people that I travel with, but I find it fun going into McDonald's in other countries and, and trying to get things that, that we don't have. Yeah, there's always something. Yeah. And it's fascinating to see what that something is. I find it good, like, you know, I don't know, anthropology or whatever. Yeah. When I was in Japan, they had, I think it was a quarter pounder with a black bun. Ooh. And it was from... I think it was promotional to something that I didn't even know what it was promoting. <laughs> but I was like, all right. I, I think I don't even know if it tasted different, but it's just something different, you know. All right. With that out of the way, we're fully energized with our plant-based powers here. Yeah, it's like a superpower, um, basically, I think. Well, that's the they cover that in Scott Pilgrim. That's right. Um, eating that's, vegan gives you superpowers. That's right. They I don't know if that comes from yeah. eating one questionably vegan i got mine with cheese on it so i don't think, shh, shh, I don't think that counts. we have superpowers okay. now and we're going to use that <laughs> to roll on so next up in episode 20 in our back catalog episode titled lil nas the 10th we learned about a young musician named lil nas x who scored an unlikely smash hit out of nowhere in the world of country hip-hop with his song old town road and we were we just thought it was so cool that this kid in his recording in his basement and, you know, he kind of came out of nowhere. He was on TikTok and then he was able to have a hit song. And we thought that was was really cool. Well, fast forward a couple Nothing of years. Nothing has happened. And We've I'm never heard of him you. again. And, and, you know, what do you expect? Like he's a, But, you know, one hit, one hit is a big deal. Most people never get just one, a, one mega hit. Mega hit. It was it broke the record of the longest, like since the entire time the Billboard charts have existed, the longest number one single, right? So it's pretty amazing that he did that. Well, fast forward a couple of years, and I'm pleased to share the follow up fun fact that Lil Nas X has since racked up five more platinum singles, four of them being top ten hits, and has another number one hit. And I'm I was so frustrated, or I was so. I was crushed that his song Industry Baby, where he sort of jokes about how nobody expected him to go anywhere. And he's talking about like, you know, cooking up some more number ones. It, it only got to number two. So he only has one more number one hit so far. But he's only 22. This guy. <laughs> like he is. <laughs> he is just did you, crushing did, it. 
<laughs> and I love following I, this guy. I don't know. This makes I, me I used to enjoy in enjoy is the wrong word. I used to uh what is how do you I used to like, you know, torture myself by mm-hmm. by looking at the ages at which some artists had created some art that yes. I loved. Yeah. And they were always yeah. younger than I was at that time. Mm-hmm. Or even the same age. But yeah, I think I actually think that everything that has happened for uh Mr. Nas the Tenth um <laughs> since his first song is more impressive than that song oh yeah because because that song was a, was there's so much luck and everything came into it but like he's really work like if you if you follow enough of you see what he's doing and how he's how he's interacts with the media and how he prepares for the things when he's re- releasing something or whatever like he is working it's a system he's i'm sure he has a talented team of people that that participate and help right but you really get the sense that like he's working his ass off and he's thinking about this stuff and he's weaving together like the art and the marketing of it in a way that seems like kind of fun and different like i don't know it's it's a lot of fun to watch and it's impressive it's it's absolutely amazing i'm not i wouldn't say that i'm like a a a massive fan i it's fun stuff and i enjoy sort of watching his videos he's definitely a, a fun video artist and I like just knowing whatever he's up to because it's always sort of provocative and fun and weird and cool. But I just I just think it's amazing. I mean, and also like he, you know, even Old Town Road, he bought that beat like on a website for like thirty dollars. I mean, you know, nothing. Yeah. It's from some Dutch guy. Yeah, that's right. It's just the whole thing is too amazing. And you know, everything about his story. I mean, you know, coming out of the closet after that, and and uh, and just everything about him is is kind of amazing and and I, I i just love i just love it it makes me happy fills me with joy yeah and i enjoy like like when he has a new video or whatever i'm i'm not a huge like music video watcher like there's not many not many or is there even any off the top of my head of like new artists like maybe a hand small handful of artists where like they have a new video i'm like oh i want to watch the video but he has done enough like completely subverting expectations like completely trotting all over lines that you seem like oh you can't do that and then he's like well yeah i can and like <laughs> of course i can like no just nobody's doing this before right and just like i don't know it's it's fun to watch and the fact that he's only 22 and like i i don't know if that's his maybe this is thing that comes in waves or maybe i'm just being a little more tuned into it because i'm now in my like later 30s that noticing these people that are like you know still so early in their careers and like that idea of kind of like you know, someone like Billie Eilish, who's like accomplished as much as she has in the music that she's made. She's only 19 still. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's just <laughs> right? that's just not real. Right. And some of her music is just like and, you know, again, it's like she's not completely doing everything by herself. Obviously, she's like her brother does a lot of the production with her or whatever. But she's super involved from what I understand. And like the stuff that she's done, even only so far, let alone like all the stuff that, you know, I feel like they could both retire and I would be like, you both kicked ass. Oh, yeah. And let's be really clear. here: If you get one song. Like, yeah, I remember all those, like, one-hit wonder compilation videos from, like, the, you know, infomercials from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you know, uh, nobody remembers Mr. Mister or whatever. It's like, yeah. Flock of Seagulls. Everyone remembers. People like to make fun of one-hit that's, wonders. That's, that's right. like, a huge accomplishment. That's incredible. It's so difficult. You make a ton of money. You you can basically have a career for a long time. You can have some semblance of her career probably forever i mean just getting to, to break into a certain echelon not just like okay i had a little success an album came out blah blah blah, but like to really have a like a number one hit or a or a top hit is is like life altering i mean it yeah. really is and it's very hard to do and obviously there's luck involved in all of that but 
it's just it's 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 very impressive it's very cool and and it and you know i just think it couldn't have happened to a more fun guy and like i just you know i enjoy i he's really good at social media he's he's really good at like being him at this point and, and it just i love seeing it i just i wish him uh you know nothing but the best i have a side fun fact on this oh great uh which is that i was excited to hear that he had had so many platinum singles but then mm-hmm. i was like well wait a minute what is a platinum single now that no one buys music <laughs> and then there's of course there's an answer to that uh it used to be that a, a platinum single was one with a million sales that's a of, lot of sales. Which is rather a lot. Yeah. Um, but they needed to, now that everything is really measured in streams, they needed to come up with an exchange rate. How many streams equals a sale? Oh, God. So I'm going to guess 77 million. <laughs> That's probably what you would need to stream in order to make as much money as one sale. <laughs> but in terms of like, okay, how successful is this song? If you're going to make any effort to compare them... Like I would come up with a conversion factor of like, okay, well, if someone bought this album and they and assume that they really, really dig it, like what's the most number of times they might listen to their song? And it's probably like a hundred or, or in the low hundreds, maybe, right? Um, but they actually went as far as fifteen hundred. So fifteen hundred streams they consider is equivalent to one person buying your your thing in terms of these charts. So to get a platinum single now, you need to have one point five billion listens. Billion billion yeah so i guess i guessed shockingly low you well you were guessing <laughs> the millions i, I assume is like were you joking that that counted as one sale or that that's what you need to get platinum no i thought that each stream was like seven cents right yeah so i was trying to calculate like yeah, or it's like less than that i think but yeah i think but i would you know my mistake was that i think i was calculating based on a million dollars instead of based on a million sales because that's not yeah. how much a single cost mm-hmm so, but 1.5 billion with a B streams. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of streams. Yeah. And since Old Town Road, he's had five more singles that got that much play so far. And then he, there was ones that he's already released that might cross that threshold. Deck, I'm but. raising my half drunk Dr. Pepper to him. I think I've I drunk know. too much of this to be honest. Well, I have, an actual, I have an actual alcoholic beverage here. Oh, really? Got some dark matter. Are we having a ho- is it a holiday party? Oh, are we not supposed to do that? No, I'm, it's fine. It's our fiftieth episode. We can do whatever. Fiftieth episode. I've got dark matter. Yeah, a, a delicious local. Have you been drunk on every one of these fifty episodes and I didn't know it? Drunk? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> I just had no idea. Where, where do you think the facts come from? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna need a fact team to check every one of Alan's facts. We have to go backwards and <laughs> yeah, sure you got forty nine episodes to listen to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> about all the facts. Of this episode, I'd have to, I'd have I'd to listen to all of our facts. That would be could be worse. Could be worse. So that's the that's the follow up on that one. And uh, and some of our I, we tried to make our shows fairly, you know, not necessarily rooted in a place and time. Um, mm. But it's nice being able to go back on some of these because if you're listening to episode 20, I was talking about like, oh, there's this guy. Have you heard of like Lil Nas X? Right. And like probably increasingly people by the time they listen to that now will be like, uh, yeah. They now, they now think you're like a guy, like a mole person who lives under the earth. Who yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of Justin Bieber? He's like a singer, right? It's like getting to be that. So yeah. I just thought it was cool to follow well, up on that. I'm not going to throw back uh, quite as far, let's say. Hmm. Uh, you know, in the in the far away distant mists of time, 
that I call August of this year. We'll make the little sound effect. Yeah, we released episode 48. Uh, so that's, that's, that's two ago. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing we have a special episode to be able to look the back on, on previous. Uh All right. What do you get? And and I did a fact about how in, in, uh, in Germany and in Europe broadly, they don't need to wash their eggs Mm -hmm. and they don't, and we don't need to refrigerate the eggs because they vaccinate their chickens for salmonella. Right. As we know in America and Canada, that's not the way it works, and so you know that we we, we discussed that. Well, I have a a so fun follow on fact. Follow on, yeah, not follow up. Follow on, okay, yeah. While salmonella is at an all time low in American chickens, infections from it remain high. That's it seems unexpected. That is yeah. unexpected. Yeah, I I found that unexpected as well. So I I, I looked into this. So one thing I didn't know that I just found fun or I don't know interesting is that the bacteria that generates salmonella that which is so harmful to us is completely harmless to the birds. Mm, yeah, I mean that's not super surprising. No, it's not, but it's like, oh, okay. So all of this is just about okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. You know, we ate an impossible burger, we know what's up. But so the the United States Department of Agriculture or USDA as it's referred to here, mm-hmm. their standard for how much salmonella it's okay to have in the chicken parts that you ship out of a plant. I hate these standards, how much rat poo can be in a... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. You want to guess what, what percent? What percent salmonella bacteria by weight? <laughs> like, how, No, no. You... What what percent of, of chicken parts are allowed to test positive for salmonella? All right. Well, so if I'm an inspector, no salmonella can be deadly. I would go for like zero i would say like try to keep it in the like 0.1 percent to zero really trying to lean towards the zero yeah i agree with you completely mm-hmm. however it's 15.4 percent <laughs> and 15.4 so it wasn't like they're they were like like kind of arbitrary like well i mean if it's more than 15 percent, then like that's a problem but they're like kind of negotiating and like they're like okay no 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 can we do like you know, could we get it up to 20? Like, no, 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 that's too much. No, no, what too about much. 16? No, it's too much. Okay, 15.5. We'll, we'll settle on 15.4. We'll meet you that's at 15.4. Yeah. And so not only is, by the way, not only is it 15.4, but there was a recent, this summer, there was a recent USDA study. About 10% of plants exceed those levels. And the consequence of that is? Seemingly nothing, as far as I can tell. So They get like a raised eyebrow. Yeah, exactly. They're like, huh, huh, that's, huh. You know, I, I should mention that, like, uh, in in the U.S., a million, 1.35 million Americans get sick annually from salmonella, Ugh. which is not that high in the grand total of things, but it's, it seems like a lot. Mm, and a, there's, you know, like 26,500 hospitalizations, 420 deaths. So, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. But so, so anyway, so that number, that 15.4%, that represents, or like the 10% of plants above that, Represent the all-time low for chickens with salmonella. Okay, like the whatever, like whatever actual number of is actually getting out. It used is to be it, way worse. It used to be way worse. It's at an it's at Jeez. an all-time low. Okay, so but the r- rate of infection has not dropped in many years, and in fact, in 2019, it rose by five percent. So well, why? Mm, why? So why? What is that all about? Right. This is what we want to know. Yeah. Okay, so it's not one thing, of course, because it never is. But yeah. but part of the problem 
and I would really say the root of the problem is that there actually is not one thing called salmonella. Oh. Yeah, so I didn't know this at all. There are more than 2,500 identified strains of salmonella. Mm, okay. And USDA regulations don't distinguish at all between, say, Kentucky, which is a, a, a strain of salmonella, which is the most common strain and almost never gets anyone sick, mm. and Typhimerium and tier and Tiratitis and Newport, sorry for butchering those names, which are three of the 2,500 strains, but represent roughly 40% of the disease. Right, and they, they make people sicker. Yeah, and they, they treat these the same. So a chicken processor could reduce their Kentucky amount to nothing, still have one of those other three at like 15.3%, not have prevented any food poisoning, and be considered totally fine. Ugh. So so there was a movement, so you said that you would expect 0%. Mm-hmm. Right, so there was a movement, there is a movement to try to get to zero tolerance. One of the problems there, and this is it strikes me as like very American, is that there was a, a court case in 2001 <laughs> that ruled that the USDA couldn't shut down plants for meeting for not meeting the standards because the bacteria is naturally occurring and people can solve the problems themselves by just cooking their meat at the right temperature. Uh, uh, that feels incredibly american like uh-huh. it's your problem it, yeah. no one it matters like it's all individual responsibility yeah so the people who died it was their fault because it was their fault for not having known exactly how to prepare their meat yeah or having made a mistake perfectly or made a mistake that's right so the the other problem though is that um the regulations actually only apply to the chicken processors and not to the farms so, like, you'd say, okay, well, why don't we just vaccinate all the chickens? But the thing is, the farms don't care if the chickens are vaccinated. It's expensive. There's uh, not, there's, you know, vaccines take a long time to develop. It's whatever, whatever. And they're not actually the ones who are facing any liability. So, they don't have to do it. And and the the processors, because they don't control that oftentimes, what they do instead of vaccination, because they can't, is they just chemically wash the meat. But that doesn't actually kill all the bacteria. Right. So, you know, it, 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 and on top of that, and this one is is very, tw- like, tw- the 2020 in me is just like, did have we not learned this yet? But the USDA also doesn't differentiate between different levels of contamination. So, so like, if it's completely coated versus there's, like, one microscopic. That's one. right. And as we've learned with corona, that matters a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So anyway, the, the end of this story, which is not a particularly happy story, but I did find it very interesting, is that uh, you really need to make sure you continue to use separate cutting boards, wash everything really well, and cook raw chicken meat to at least 165 degrees Fahrenheit or 74 degrees in, in the inferior Celsius before you eat it. <laughs> in, um, in countries where salmonella is, like, vaccinated or whatever, yeah. is there are people, like, eating, like, getting the chicken burger rare just rare raw i i certainly <laughs> think it's tartar yeah there i mean there is chicken tartar uh but um yeah i would imagine that they're they feel less worried about that than we do because my instinct like having grown up the whole my whole life with the idea of the undercooked chicken is can make you really sick my my instinctual brain thinks that undercooked chicken would taste bad like if I see a, a chicken burger, that's, oh, that makes right? sense. It it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's not logical, 
but it's like it's an association I've developed that it must taste bad. And sometimes if chicken tastes bad, I think, oh, is it maybe undercooked? Or if I see it looks maybe undercooked, I'm like, oh, my brain's kind of like, oh, maybe this tastes bad. Right, but, but actually, that has nothing to do it with it. Probably tastes better because most meat tastes better when it's lightly cooked. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's the that's our future. Maybe not in America, but if in countries with working regulatory regimes, <laughs> that we are able to eliminate it and we can get our our tasty rare uh, chicken burgers. Well, you chicken. know, as folks on uh, listening to this show know, you know, we are currently in the process of of having our second child, mm-hmm. and I think I announced that on the show before. I'm not actually sure if you did. Hey, congratulations. If I didn't. Hey, thanks. So uh, there's been no undercooked meat in my house for a long, long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, of course, in pregnancy, it's even more dangerous. But, uh, yeah, so I don't really remember. But I do vaguely remember in the mists of time that that cooking things not to the point at which you have guaranteed when it's gray. to kill. Yeah, like when you have guaranteed to kill any bacteria that was even like a friend of the bacteria that might've been on your meat, uh, it, that it tastes better. Yeah. You want to just like cook it until it's like inorganic. Yeah. I wanted to cook it until it turns into an impossible burger. Yeah. <laughs> Except the impossible <laughs> burgers are good. I imagine that uh, I haven't really thought about it, but I imagine a possible burger, then it's gotta be that you, you could cook it any amount and in theory, you eat it raw. I doubt it would be. I think tasty. you just eat it raw. Yeah. I don't think it even matters. Yeah. It seems like you'd have to be able to be. Yeah. Eat it raw. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it because obviously there's always this kind of a little bit of a concern when you people who like a rare burger, which is not yeah, actually generally a thing in Canada, but in the States they'll have, have it's like rare burgers. And oh, you don't do that in Canada? I It's medium rare is the common one here, I feel. In Canada, I have never, ever been asked how I want my burger done. It, wow. I, I think it used to be the rule that for ground meat, it had to be fully cooked. Yeah. Like it always, at least at restaurants, it had to be that you didn't get a choice. And I think now it's like if it's ground on site, then then they you can cook it more rare. But when in places that in Canada that I have had a, a burger that's a little bit more medium rare side, they've just done it without asking. Yeah. So I think here in California, you also now have that law that they they like are not allowed to offer it medium rare or like you have to ask for it. It can't mm-hmm. be by default. I don't even really remember because again i also haven't been to a restaurant in a very very long time but Mm -hmm. the the growing up that was just not a thing and i've found that medium rare is usually what the chef recommends i mean that's often for a lot of types of yeah so if you just say like oh i'll just have whatever whatever they want to do it's usually medium rare yeah but uh but you know well done is a thing yeah and uh you know until we switch all to our plant-based meat and then it's just whatever tastes best when we get our plant-based chicken well we need we need good plant-based chicken i if i remember correctly from aforementioned uh podcast all-consuming nugs are maybe not the answer oh yeah i gotta listen to the nugs episode because that nugs if you haven't seen the nugs marketing this is uh this is a, a masterpiece of marketing if if nothing else and it sounds like maybe the nugs themselves don't live up to the. Oh, you know what? Actually, they both gave it an eight point six. Okay, that's pretty good. Eight point six out of one hundred. Out of a hundred, that's yeah. real good. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. we, well, we will put we will put that episode in the show notes. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I do want to try this now that I've got the Impossible Burger. Mostly, mostly for Alan, so that he can listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, <laughs> there might be some nugs in our future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, nugs. <laughs> I, I've actually wanted to try them too. We should do that. Let's take two years to do it. Anyway, let's take two years to do it in tradition. Speaking of nutritious food, going all the way back to episode six. 
Ooh, wow. Okay, so not as far back as 48 like I did, but no. Yeah. I'm looking back to episode six titled Nobody's Getting Scurvy. We discussed the upcoming nutrition facts label requirements that will be coming in that by the end of the far, far future year of 2021, that there would need to be these improved labeling on all the food to tell people how much uh, sugar is in it, give you daily daily amounts of sugar, switching out which nutrients um, are listed on there because nobody's getting scurvy anymore, so you don't need to put vitamin C (laughs) and all that stuff. And so 2022 is almost here. No so, lies. It's which, still March of 2020. Oh, I'm happy. No, 2021 can go along. I'm happy for 2020. Yeah, that's true. Fair Although enough. 2022 sounds particularly futuristic as a year. It's one of those years is like, is it really 2022? That's like a weird year to exist. Yeah, I keep hearing it and not really believing it. And I'm not sure why, but that's a good reason. I it's like a very it. sci-fi sounding year. Yeah, yeah. I'm on it's board like 1999 that, might have felt like that if I was an adult at the time, which I was not. 1999 did kind of, I just thought we needed a party. Yeah, I, we were. I was told. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of messages, as, as was foretold. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that twenty twenty two is almost here, we have have we achieved this platonic ideal of nutrition labels? We've achieved yes. everything that needs to. No, no. Uh, what progress? Progress marches on. We have another riveting update from okay. the world of consumer goods packaging. Okay. Which everybody, I know that's why most people listen to the show. I feel like that's, we all know that. That's basically our bread and butter. Yeah. So forget the 2021 updates. Follow up fun fact, nutrition warnings will soon be also required on the front of the package too. So we know oh. the nutrition warnings on the side, the nutrition table, they're going to be requiring them on the front where, it, and in particular, when there is too much or what's considered too much uh, salt, saturated fat, calories or whatever per serving, they're going to be like a little badge on the front. It's basically like, don't eat me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Do you think that's going to work? Um. So in some studies, there hasn't been a lot of studies done because this tends to be um, regulated by country. So you end up having like, okay, all the food in one country all goes at one time and then you it's harder to do a control because each country's food behavior is a bit different so but um apparently there was a relatively recently study that indicated that the voluntary front of packaging labeling that's been starting to come in some companies are doing it voluntarily kind of knowing that it's probably coming in um has been correlated with improved nutritional value for the products um the ah, product okay shipped. so that's not quite what i meant so you're saying that the companies don't want to admit this is like the theory behind Apple's developer nutrition labels in the mm-hmm, app store that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that companies don't want to admit the truth. So they will make it a better truth. Yes. They'll, that's they'll the actually theory. improve it. Cause I'm thinking like, you know, uh, it, have you seen any some cigarette pack packages? Yeah. In my, like, yeah. That, they're so, horrific. Yeah. Right. And yeah. cigarette, I think the, the studies on cigarette package indicate from what, when I last I was reading about it, it seemed to be indicating that the warning labels don't make people quit, but they do sort of discourage people from starting in the first place. Th- that might that that that's great. I still think it, you know there are some pretty like graphic depictions of the consequences of mm-hmm. smoking on smoking pa- cigarette packets, and you will see those packets sitting on the street empty because someone smoked all the cigarettes. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. and it's, it's not reduced it to zero, but I feel like I think it'll be the same thing for the food that if you. Have like I love these two bite brownies, which I mention occasionally. They're like my crack. When they're in the house, they get eaten very <laughs> quickly, and I don't eat a lot of other meals because 
I'm eating so many calories of these delicious two white brownies that are like half sugar and half colonial oil. oil. I don't know what they're in them, but it makes them so good. But the, the nutrition label on the front, if it was like, oh, there's like a ridiculous amount of fat and and calories in this, I would be like, uh, duh, and buy them because like I know that. That's what I'm but, saying. Like, yeah, completely. If I'm gonna buy the terrible thing that I know is terrible anyway. Yeah, but. If I was like, oh, I'm looking for a new treat that I don't um, yet crave in yes. a deep and spiritual way, I would be like, oh, there's I these see. two by bra- Oh, apparently yeah. they have like 230 calories per three brownies. And like, I would probably eat more than three at this size. So like, that seems like a bad idea. Right. And so I just wouldn't get addicted. It's not even those. That is, you're totally right. But you know what it is? It's the, it's the thing that like has previously tried to make you think it's healthy. Oh, yeah. And then it gets shamed, right? It gets like, shamed and you're like, oh, hold on. I'm Because you're looking for something, you know, healthy. You're you're, mm-hmm. you're already thinking to yourself, okay, I want to find a, a healthy bread here or whatever. And then you're looking at it and it's like, oh, what? This has like four times as much sodium as this other one or whatever it is. Yeah, like, it's loaded with sugar or like there's a yeah. number of cereals that like kind of their branding is like, because like, there's no rule that says you can't have like healthy K. But then right. pair, have a ton of sugar in just it. Just packed full of sugar. And they know you're not like necessarily studying that. But if it's on the front right there and you're like, oh, what? Yeah. You know, so I think that is where, but I agree with you. I think, well, it'll be interesting to see. I think some companies will preemptively modify because they're worried about whatever it's going to be. But some companies won't. And then it'll be down to what happens to those companies. And very quickly, we'll find out if people actually care about this or not. Because if people don't care about it, then the companies are just going to not care either yeah i think like people care a little bit and it's one of those if you can just make it so the the box so they've done it in mexico i think it was this year last year they roll i can actually send you show you what it looked like they have these little labels on there that uh and they went kind of all out on this i don't think the canadian proposal is as uh aggressive as this so this is what they did in mexico um in mexico they have an actual like stop sign and it says like excessive <laughs> sugar in all caps it's like oh black stop sign that's amazing <laughs> like basically don't buy this and then do Canadian not buy this it's a little more polite which is like <laughs> if it's 15 percent or more of your daily saturated fat sugar sodium there's a thing that it has to say how much it is well, I'm not shocked to hear that Canada's version of this is going to be a little more understated. But I will also say that I don't know where Canada fits, but I know Mexico, the U.S., and Germany, I think, are like the three most obese countries in the world. So, you know. That makes some amount of sense because Mexico has a public health care system. And like, unlike America, it's not considered like good for GDP to like have people <laughs> use the healthcare system. And so if you can be like, hey, this putting these lowering labels on the thing if we decrease consumption of two bite brownies by 10 percent, we could save like 50 million dollars a year it seems like something that would benefit them you know as a as a system just just because i feel bad now the u.s is 12th on the obesity rank and uh mexico is 29th and germany is 79th so i everything i said was wrong all right except that the u.s remains totally terrible well these these packaging rigs they don't have a date yet for the states but it looks like it's coming in the states too so well, it's happening here yeah so uh, this is not just canada it, there is like i say there isn't a date but it seems like there's sort of consensus building and like the industry even industry is not really pushing against it um, i think the sense with these regulations that in the industry is that 
it does not tend towards people buying less food. They just buy different food. And so it's mm. like giant conglomerates that own a lot of the consumer packaged goods. So my sense is that they're like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, you know, we'll go along with this if it helps people make better decisions. And then that means that, yeah, we're going to sell fewer Twinkies and more healthy smart bars or whatever. But that- apparently in the UK, they have traffic colored lights for their nutrition warning symbols. So oh. like no color is, is good. Green is low, red is high, and mm. orange or whatever is medium. And are those front of package ones? These are are front of package, yeah. And they've done some studies. They've apparently had this for a long time, or some some amount of time anyway, uh, longer than you know however long Mexico's had it. It seems like, oh yeah. And they've uh, they've done some studies, and it seems like they did encourage people to uh, to eat healthier overall. Uh, Color coded labels. Encourage people to choose healthier meal and drink options. Yeah, according to some random thing that I just Googled, 35% <laughs> of shoppers in the UK use front-of-package nutrition information to influence purchasing. Well, there you go. Yeah. Coming to a grocery store near me and Alan. Yeah. Me first, and then you a little bit later. But it seems like there's already a, some, I think, a number of like cereal manufacturers and people are starting to put some, just voluntarily putting them on, but... It yeah. seems like there's there's a proposal working its way through the system in the States. They, they will come in the same order that our Impossible Burgers came. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, 50 episodes. Yeah. Do we, should, we, should we rate the show? What do we do? Oh, I don't know how on, we think the we're world, doing. on the world-famous scale? Yeah. Or or we could do it mm-hmm. on a on a, out of 100, or we could give us ourselves a, a star rating. I would rate you a solid 10.0 out of 100. Wow, thank you. Yeah, That's and I would rate... Very flattering. I would rate myself 0.01. No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so that's, those are my official ratings. That's just cruel. Yeah. Well, that's just cool. I don't know. I've been having fun. I think we I think we got something good rolling yeah. here. We've got yeah. busy lives. You've got kids. You've got another kid coming. I've got yeah. two kids. There's a lot of reasons why we could be like, do we strictly need to be doing a regular show about facts on the internet? But folks out there know that we do. But we do. We really do. do. Yeah. It, it feels an important place in my heart. Me too. Yeah, I was going to say void, but yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a void because the show is there. No, the show is in there. You're right. And That's the facts point. and the yeah. schemes. Yeah, we thank you all. Yeah. And Here's to another 50. We'll do. We'll have to figure out what goofy thing to do at 100. Oh, man. I, it'll have to be just... We'll, let's, let's start hyping it's it for 50 episodes. <laughs> Two impossible burgers. Yeah. <laughs> delivered at the same time from two different places <laughs> delivered at the same time from two one high end no i one think we end. need to make a scheme i think that would be what it is oh we have to create our own scheme yeah we have to like okay. we have to have to physically make scheme corner and like oh, okay. manufacture yeah. uh, build a corner and just have a do scheme. a live show because i forgot hopefully you forgot that there oh you could be able it. to do hopefully. live events by then yeah be, be outside yeah yeah in, but in a corner <laughs> We have we have some time to figure it 